This is the one place that you're going to get truth. Amen? Isn't that good news? You get truth here. And Pastor Brian is a great communicator. He is teaching the Word of God. He's teaching the truth. The only way you can have these answers is with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells this story about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Have you heard that story? Well, we're not going to talk about that today. But we're going to talk about what's leading up to the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want to share with you this encounter that Jesus describes with this, with this attorney. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Luke 10. If you have your smartphones, it's going to be on the big screen, those of you that are watching online. So Jesus has this encounter with an expert of the law. He knew the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. This guy was a learner. He was an intellectual. He knew what the law said. So have that drop back. He's trying to have this conversation with Jesus. And in Luke 10, 25, it says, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. Church, is it ever a good idea to put Jesus to the test? Okay, well, this guy's clueless. He says, teacher, what shall, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You know, we sang a couple of songs that talked about salvation. We, we worship God and we, we talk about eternal life. And in the Jewish context, this, this idea, when you heard the phrase eternal life, it meant, how do I live in step? How do I live in union with God Almighty today in harmony? You know, how, how do I actually live with significance and meaning in the here and now? It's a good question, don't you think, church? I think, I, I think every time we wake up in the morning, we should be asking God, hey, how do I live in harmony with you? I think our day would go a lot better. Well, Jesus is brilliant. He, he brilliantly answers this question with the question to elevate this conversation. It, it is more about the heart than the head. See, this guy's an intellectual. Like he, he's, he's thinking, he's in his head. And Jesus is saying, hey, it's that plus your heart. And he's helping that person discover what he already believed. This attorney already knew what he believed. So friends, I think it's an example for us. If, if we would just ask questions and pour into someone else's life, we get to guide the conversation in a good way and we create these openings for the gospel to be shared more effectively than if we just go around spewing biblical truth and people... Quite frankly, they don't, quite frankly, they don't care about our opinion, do they? We care about our opinion. We're the only ones that care about... Listen, I've got a lot of opinions. You don't care about my opinions. I position myself weekly with a group of guys that are really, I would say, not followers of Jesus. They know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. You know the difference? And a couple of weeks ago, I get a text from this guy, and he's like, hey, I just broke up with my girlfriend of six years, and I'm really struggling. And he's describing how his previous girlfriends have just kind of dumped on him and kind of gave him the impression that he's worthless. And I said to this man, I said, uh, that is a lie from hell. Those are lies. That's not the truth. But see, I was willing to step into his mess just to listen and to be with him and then to ask him some good questions. And then last week, I got together and kind of went through some personality stuff to help him discover who he is in Christ. And then I'm meeting with him tomorrow to further the conversation. One person at a time. I'm telling you, people are hurting out there. This guy is really hurting. 
And if we get to ask questions, like Jesus asked questions, we can kind of be in their mess, but we're not in their mess, if you know what I mean by that. And Jesus is basically saying, hey, expert of the law, you know, you know the law, but how do you interpret it? How, how do you understand it? And in verse 26 to 28, he says, so what is written in the law? How, how do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you'll live. Do this and you will live. Do this now, in the here and now, and also in the future. And again, I have to remind you, Jesus' approach was to ask questions. Jesus is saying, you know, if you want to inherit eternal life, love God. And if I ask you if you love God today, you're in church, you're probably going to say yes, right? Uh, what about loving your neighbor? That's a little bit of a challenge, right? And then how do you love yourself? I deal with people that just like they can't love themselves, not in an unhealthy way, but they, to accept that God loves them, has forgiven them. And it's really no different today. If you love your neighbor and you love God and you love yourself, you do this today, you're going to have a good life. doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life, but you're going to have a good life. And this guy says to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Look at his motive. He's trying to trip Jesus up a little bit. Who's my neighbor? Look what it says in verse 29, but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, who's my neighbor? You know, it's a great question. In the Hebrew language, there's a word reya. And what that meant was someone close by, someone from your tribe, someone that looked like you, acted like you. Maybe someone from Algoma, just like you. That's why Jesus gives us this parable of the Good Samaritan. Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans didn't look like the Jews. And Jesus is trying to elevate this. Your neighbor is just not in your own little tribe. It's outside. It's much broader than that. In John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus gives this to us. It's still relevant today. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another by this. All peoples will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I don't know about you, but have you noticed people are really angry and they're kind of ticked off at everything? Uh, uh, I hope that you are not in that category. We should exude the joyfulness of Christ. What He's done in our life, He's redeemed us, He's saved us, He's given us a purpose. We have purpose, we have life. We can choose joy and not crabbiness. When my kids were little, I, you know, they'd wake up crabby and I said, hey, look, at that's a choice. You don't have to be crabby, because I will spank it right out of you. No, I didn't, never did that. I never did that. The point is, the culture needs the church to step up. Pastor Brian just finished his series, The Christian Life and the Implications, you know, how salvation has changed us. I am not the same person today than I was yesterday. That spiritual growth, it's maturity. And loving our neighbor as ourselves compels us to live this way. It's just not lip service. We have to be the hands and feet and the voice of Christ in our neighbor, in our neighborhood, in our community. So who in your life is screaming, quite frankly, screaming for your help? You know, who, how and who are you participating in loving these people around you? Now let me just time out here. 
I'm not saying meddling. You know, I had a, I had a secretary in our first church plant that I'd walk in and the pastor, you need to call so and so. They're really struggling. I'm like, I'm not a chaplain. If they want help, they can pick up the phone. I'm not knocking on everybody's door to try to fix their problems. By the way, this guy that I've been talking to, he goes, man, I, I just realized that I can't fix anybody. I said, duh, you can't even fix yourself. I can't either. So don't meddle. It's not about that, but it's being the hands and feet to serve and listen and ask good questions. You know, the danger of free will is we can choose safety and we can hunker down and comfort, security. We can choose that. God gives us that freedom to choose that. Or we can choose bitterness, anger, division, and death. And guess what? We're seeing that in our culture. People are choosing that as well. I live 30 minutes from Minneapolis, friends. Every day there's a murder. Every day. It's terrible. The question is, when you have free will, what are you choosing? What are you choosing? Uh, Andy Stanley is a pastor in Atlanta. He's a pastor in North Point. I don't know if you know of him, but he said this. I really love it. It's not enough to believe correctly. To make a difference, we must act on what we say we believe. I believe Jesus can heal people. I believe Jesus can save people. But am I broadcasting that? Am I living that out in my daily life? You know, what do our lives proclaim about Christ when we just stand on the sideline and let people suffer? Are are we supposed to do that? Natty and Bill Tully, you don't know them, you'll meet them in heaven. She's Moldovan and Ukrainian. Bill is from the U.S. They're at an international church in Budapest. And I've been posting what they've been posting on Facebook, how they are going into the Ukraine and helping the refugees. They are the hands and feet. They're stepping into that mess. And they're risking their life. And with the gospel, and then they're giving the Ukrainians, the refugees, Bibles. And many of them may not know Christ. So when we line our lives with the way God's heart beats for humanity, there's a joy. You know, He has hardwired us to give life. Life is precious. And to choose what God has called us to do. You know, again, I have to say this. uh, John 13, 35, they will know that we are Christians by our cynicism. They will know that we are Christians by our critical spirit. That's ridiculous. They're only going to know us by our love, and we, we have to show them what it looks like. The church is God's plan. You are God's plan. Do you believe that? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm God's plan. It's kind of weak. You can say it a little louder. We're not that far from Green Bay. They can hear you. What makes us different is instead of going along with the culture, we're counterculture. Instead of avoiding rejection, you know, I have to say this all the time. You and I are going to be rejected. They rejected Christ. When we're rejected, guess what? That is graduate-level Christianity. Now, don't don't ask for it. Don't be that weird Christian. But we're going to be rejected. And we choose pain and suffering and hurt to help those that are in pain and suffering and hurt. And it's only by risking do we understand God's good, perfect will for us. Friends, the church fights this tendency to, to look inward. Listen, I know Pastor Russ who planted this church many years ago. The whole point of church planting is to reach our community with the gospel. What happens is 
the church begins to look inward. It happened in Acts. Look at the church in Jerusalem. You know, Jesus gave them the great commission, the great commandment, go out, go into Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Go into your town and your county and expand that. And in the early days, the church did well. Well, guess what happened? The church began to focus inward. Then persecution. Just read the book of Acts. Great work of the Holy Spirit. People are coming to faith in Christ. But when that happened, there was great persecution. I don't know what God's doing with this pandemic. Everybody has an opinion about that, right? The recession, high gas prices. I mean, come on. We, we could go down a rabbit trail and just the negativity of what the world is. I don't think that's what God wants the church to be about. I think we can rise above it. We've got to focus on this outward vision of people in our community that are around us that, quite frankly, are dying without hope. They're lost. They need Jesus. People are hurting. And we just have to get better at asking questions to pull it out of them, to find out how they tick. That is radical love. You know what I know, you know what I know about middle-aged men? I think I'm middle-aged. I don't know. I'm not old, but... I find that us men, we like talking about ourselves. Now, you women do too, so just whatever. You're not going to escape this. But you really show care and compassion when you just listen and you ask someone questions about themselves. It is fascinating if you would just take the time to go, I need to take a back seat. It's not about me. Remember what I said earlier? Everybody has an opinion. No one cares about your opinion. That's the reality. But if we can step in and be kind and ask good questions, that could open up the door. You know, our charge is to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, so people can see it, they can hear it, they can feel it in tangible ways. It's opening the door to actually share Christ with someone, to see them cross that line of faith. We talk about salvation. What does that mean? I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know. Those that are online, I don't know where you're at. But God does. And you do too. You know like, yeah, I think I'm a follower of Christ. But some of you may go, I'm not so sure. We have to show our neighbors that we love them, that we truly love them, that we reach out to them, that, that we take time for them. What are their hopes and their dreams? Well, you know, when I go to a restaurant, I don't do it every time. I, I, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times, I'll, I, I've, I've got a great sense of humor. I'm super funny. <laughs> so I tease. I tease just a little bit. And then I'm like, hey, are you the owner of this, uh, this restaurant? <laughs> they laugh like, no. You think I'd be working, serving tables? Oh, are you the manager? No. Okay, hey, what, what are your dreams? Well, I'm going to school for this. Oh, that's awesome. And what do you want to be in like three years, five years? And I'm amazed at how people will just open up because you know what? No one listens to each other. People don't listen. They're so, in their, they're so in their own little world. We don't have time for anyone else. And so I developed this relationship in just a short period of time. And then towards the end, and I, by the way, Christians, don't, get, don't be chintzy. Don't be cheap. You be generous. Give them a good tip. You give them a good tip. Because... Their eternity may depend on it. I was out in Seattle for an assessment this summer, and we kept going back to the same restaurant, and we had the same 
wait staff, and I asked this gal, I said, hey, uh, this is the third day we we're there. I said, hey, what, uh, you know, how can I be praying for you? You know the first thing she said? Oh, no one's ever asked me that, ever. And then she said, could you pray for my safety? <sighs> A young girl is asking for safety? Man, people are hurting. How can you be Jesus with skin on? John 10, uh, I'm sorry, John 20, 21 says this. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. The mission field is out there. No longer is it a day where you start a church and people just find their way into Lakeside. We got to go to them and serve them repeatedly. And then by chance, they may come to this facility to hear a great message by Pastor Brian and great music, by the way, that was awesome. A lot of new songs, that was just awesome. Wasn't that good? You take that for granted, right? I go to a lot of churches, we don't always have great music. <laughs> All right, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. You know, Paul says in Romans 10, uh, 11, uh, starting in verse 11, it says, For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. If you believe in Christ, you'll never be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, don't think preaching put down, preaching this is the word of God. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? You have to be sent. As it is written, how beautiful are, are the feet of those who preach the good news. Friends, I've been in different countries around the world, and you know what I've heard? What took you so long to come here? I've never heard this. There's a church in every corner, in every community. There's Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist. There's always a tavern. We live in Wisconsin. There's a tavern, right? For some, that's a church. People know about Jesus. They know about God in our culture, but they don't know him. There's a big difference. Listen, the Bible teaches that our God is a saving God. He wants all to come to faith in Christ. Our God wants to save everyone, but that's a choice. All are invited. But someone needs to go. Someone needs to plant a new church. Someone needs to share Jesus tangibly with someone. Think about your journey to Christ. Someone invited you. Someone shared you. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home, but at some point you took that step of faith across that line. Amen? Are you glad? Would you give it up? Heck no. You know, 1 Peter uh, 4, 8 to 11 says this. This is really important as I'm ending and landing the plane. Above all, it says, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sin. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength of God, supplies in order that in everything God may be what? glorified through Christ Jesus, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Friends, those are our marching orders. People need to hear this message today in 2022. You do not know if they have tomorrow. You and I don't even know if we have tomorrow. So friends, focus on the one. 
Don't focus on the 99. Is there someone in your head that you know absolutely needs Christ? Do you have that, church? I have three in my head. And I put my life with them in proximity to just be there. And then eventually, God will give me the opportunity to share like this guy I'm, I'm going to meet with tomorrow. Who is that person in your life? And I think we have to get better at asking good questions. So here are a couple of questions you can grapple with. And I can send these to you. I mean, it's not rocket scientists, but it's like getting us thinking a different way. So here, here's the first one. When you're talking to people that you know don't have a relationship with Christ, you could ask them, hey, when we talk today, when we're having coffee today, uh, could we talk about spiritual things? That's a good question, don't you think? Get permission. Guess what? If they say no, then shut your mouth in a good way. Put your hand over your mouth. Don't say anything. Another good question. Uh, we each have our own spiritual story. Would you mind sharing yours with me? I want to hear your story first. You know what I know? Church, and you know this too, there are a lot of church hurts. A lot of church hurts. A lot of pastor hurts. Not from Brian, not from me, but others. Church hurts. Just listen. Don't try to defend anything. It's their story. Here's another good question. Many people have been turned off by church. Do you have any idea why that is? Buckle up. You're gonna, you could be there for a while, right? And uh, another one. Have you ever met a genuine Christian you admire or respect? Tell me about that person. Now, my prideful self, I just want them to say, well, you. <laughs> no one does, but, you know, it, it would be nice, right? Friends, here's the deal. Faith inspires us to do this. It is beyond talk. We're not going to do evangelism in heaven. We're not going to be able to share our faith and see someone cross that line of faith into glory in heaven. This is our one chance. I implore you. It's radical love. It's love like Jesus loved us. We've got to disseminate that. And again, I don't know where you're at. I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least give you some steps. And those that are watching online, it's just the ABCs saying yes to Jesus. It's, it's pretty simplistic. It's, it's really just this heart surrender like, Lord, take my life because I've driven it into the ditch so many times. I need you to keep me on course. The A is, is accept. Accept the death, burial, resurrection. We're getting close to Easter. We celebrate Easter. Why? Jesus died on the cross for our sins, your sins, my sins, the past, present, future sins. But he didn't stay there three days later. It's the resurrection. Yes! That's huge! I believe that to my core. And then believe. The be and believe. Uh, Romans 10, 9 to, to 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? For with the heart one believes and is justified, justified through Christ. The C is confess. You know, confess with your mouth that, that quite frankly, you've done wrong, that you've sinned, you've messed up. We all have. And that we need rescuing. We need saving. We need delivering. Then, then the F is this. It means follow Jesus. Don't be a Christian and say you're a Christian without following. Do what Jesus tells us to do. Amen? 
Become his disciple, who's a learner, who also makes disciples. That is our mandate in Matthew 28. Go into the world and make disciples. Father, let's stand up. Father, yes, Father, but mothers too, please stand up. <laughs> We're going to pray. The worship band can come up. I, I just want to remind you that I'm here as a guide to help you if seeds are planted today about church planting or, or the mission field. My wife and I were missionaries in Panama for four years. I'm a resource to serve Lakeside, to serve the people, to serve your pastor. And we get great joy doing that. We don't, we don't just insert ourselves into your life. We want to help you, okay? So let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your provision. Thank you for your word that reminds us we need to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to ask good questions. Help us, the people that are on our minds this morning, this very moment, whether you're online or in person, could we make a commitment to reach out to them this week to just listen to them and ask them good questions? Could we buy them coffee? Could we buy them lunch? And just be Jesus with skin on. Father, compel us to do it. Our Christian walk is not something that's static, that we don't step out in faith. So prompt us, push us, lead us into those faith, gentry, uh, those, those faith conversations, Lord. Be with the good people of Lakeside. Bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen.